In time for another week of Shoulda Backed It. Oh, we'll go straight to our guest. We'll start with the News Corp Racing Editor, Chris Fanuccio. How are you, Big V? Hey, John. Hey, Phil. It's a bit unnerving seeing you do the record from your from your home and not at a pub somewhere. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. But uh, that's all right. The feedback last week was pretty good, so it looks like we got away with it. And uh, Phil, uh, I'm, I'm not going to play any audio this week, but you can bet that Hayasugi's going to get another run in the uh, commentary this mo- this uh, this afternoon. Uh, well done on that. But uh, other than that, how'd you uh, how'd you find your day down at Caulfield last week? Yeah, g'day, John. G'day, Big V. And yeah, we've well, Corbay's been in a lot of places, so it is nice to see that he's back in his house. Um, I think Sweden got a run last season. But uh, that was a great day at Caulfield. Absolute cracker. And I've been at Caulfield two of the last three weeks, and I reckon they're putting on a, a really good show there at the moment. Really big crowds. Uh, the construction sort of shifting away. It looks, like, it looks like they've got a fantastic setup there. And the racing, again, was top-notch. Um, headlined, thankfully, by a win in the Blue Diamond. Um, otherwise, it would have been a pretty lean day. So good to get a winner at odds up and, yeah, really uh, make the day a good one. And uh, banter aside, we will go straight there because um, I'm particularly impressed with the way you've uh, put that horse up each time it's run this campaign, Phil, and the listeners who cashed in it did so at generous double-figure odds every time. So we might go to the Blue Diamond first before we get into the other group ones. Tell us about Hayasugi's effort, what else you liked and didn't like, and uh, and what you see in her future. Yeah, it was a pretty amazing run, really. And I, I think she what made it even better run is that she sort of defied the general pattern on the day, which was generally seeing those horses up the front either in the finish or getting the job done. And certainly when Lady of Camelot hit the front about the 300-metre mark and sort of started to move away from the field, if you were on her, you were you were sitting pretty nicely. But, gee, she's come from about 13th um, with Jamie Carr on board there. And, yeah, she left her run late. But just like she did in the preview um, and the prelude, nabbed them on the line and, yeah, you, you know... Uh, I was pretty excited. There weren't too many other people around me that were that excited, but sensational run. And we and we did see her and Lady of Camelot run the Quinella and a couple other fillies fill, fill third and fourth. So um, really dominated by the fillies, the Blue Diamond this year. But yeah, I was certainly one of the happy punters and I hope a few of our listeners uh, managed to get on at Juicy Odds. Were you one of them, Chris? No, unfortunately, I stayed out of the Diamond. I thought it was a pretty tough race and with the way the winners were um with with the way the the winners where the winners came on the day you know the blue diamond was the exception like phil mentioned but i think a lot of those other races were tempo related very slow tempos and i think i really think lady camelot should have won this race that was a brave second she was you know for her to hold on and 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 finish second was just an incredible performance i think she was brought undone by spywire I did get it wrong with Hayasugi. Uh, she's improving each start and no reason why she couldn't go to a golden slipper and be competitive. Jamie Carr just had her in the, the perfect spot in the run, you know, the way the the tempo was. Now, the Colts were very poor. High octane is better than that. Coleman was found out in a high-pressure 1,200-metre uh, race. Uh, and also, in, in Sydney, we had the silver slipper as well. I just think that form line with straight charge and espionage might just be, well, I think I think it's going to be stronger than the blue diamond here. 
And a quick comment from you, Big V, about the other two Group 1s. So we had Mr. Brightside rain in uh, Buffalo River, who set a, a wild pace. And then uh, we had Keyman win the, the Oakley Plate Scamper. I thought Mr. Brightside was excellent. Uh, I mean, you know, that was another tough run. I think he's going to you know, keep improving. The, the All-Star Moles, he's got the All-Star Mole at his mercy. I can't see him not winning that. And, uh, you know, I did talk about Hey Fat Cat last week. He wasn't disgraced, but he's going to run in the guineas now. That's four weeks in a row. You know, I, I like Robbie Lang as a trainer. He trained, he's trained most of my horses, but I think it's going to be a, you know, a tough effort going four weeks in a row. And on to the Oakley Plate. I'm really hurting with Asfura. Missed the start by at least three lengths. Only got beat two and a half lengths. Uh, I thought um, King's Gambit had every chance. I think the jury's out on him. I expect him to improve in the Galaxy, but is he good enough? And I'm keen to follow Kalos if they go to South Australia again. A lot of unlucky runs there, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, just Asfura, just of all times to miss the start, you know, it was, a, it was, it was hard to watch. Gee, I reckon uh, Big V's talking through his wallet a little bit there. I thought Q-Man and Hypothetical had it with, with for each other. And I actually think Hypothetical was the run of the race. It, it did all the work early, came from the outside barrier, set the pace, set a cracking pace, actually, and uh, held on and almost got the job done. So Q-Man just sat in behind and, and got the nod. But I thought that Hypothetical was the unlucky runner. The other one I thought was unlucky was Benedetta. I got stopped twice in the straight, got held up for a run and once you lose momentum at that pace it's hard to get it back so um, I wouldn't have thought Asfora was a certainty no matter how that race was run and um, uh, for the other race, um, Mr Brightside obviously dominant but gee, what have you got against Hey Fat Cat? It's done a fantastic job running into fifth there and you, you've just already potted it for its next run He's a talented horse and if you can find the right three-year-old race, I mean they race for a minimum $120,000 and you know, you can find a race that he can win and you you get some pretty good prize money. So, you know, to, to run four weeks in a row is going to be tough, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. Now, on to the issues of the week, boys. There's just one we're going to touch on this week. It just dropped a little bit late in the piece last week for us to get it in last week's episode. But uh, big five years, six years, in fact, ahead for racing fans, especially with the VRC Carnival and Melbourne Cup Week. It will be displayed from next year onwards on Channel 9 and on TAB in a joint partnership. So the two the two uh, have done a sort of a tripartite agreement with the VRC, which will enable streaming to be brought inside the tent and uh, lots of different avenues for punters to watch the races, follow the coverage in the way they like to do it. It does mean that Channel 7 will continue not to have the rights uh, for, that, for that one week and they'll show... Uh, their own product, being the Racing New South Wales content, uh, often in competition, like the Golden Eagle and the Big Dance. But uh, what's your immediate reaction to that news, Phil? And what do you see coming out of it for punters? Yeah, it was it was big news during the week, and um, the obviously the the Channel Ten partnership had, had gone a, a touch sour, so we were expecting a change, and I, I probably was expecting them. To, to, to go with seven and, and to align with what they the content on racing.com. I just think certainly from a punter perspective and just from the layman perspective, you watch Channel 7 on 51 weeks of the year and suddenly it's on Channel 9 or a different, different provider. And I just think that's a, a tough, tough one because 
people don't know where to look, don't know where to find the races. And I've seen that be an issue, you know, just with people that are sort of, you don't don't watch too much racing just around the spring carnival. So I just worry sometimes that um, you, you're missing eyeballs because of that and maybe you're making a couple extra bucks. But, yeah, it, it just worries me too around the, I guess, efficiency of, of resources and what you're doing. If you, you, You're doubling up content. It does sort of make me think it's a little bit of an inefficient deal. But then again, I'm not looking in the, uh, you know, in, in the detail of the, of the contract and how it operates. But for me, it just doesn't feel neat. And maybe that's just doesn't need to be, but oh, it just feels a bit inefficient running it twice. All we want to see is a, is a good package by Channel 9. I think Channel 10 was a bit disappointing. Uh, I think they, they, they probably didn't get a fair crack at it because we had COVID, you know, at the start of that deal. But oh, I did see some debate on social media among racing participants on what they would like to see from the coverage. I mean, I don't, we're not going to see a lot of racing analysis. I think, you know, that's not what we're going to see on Channel 9. We're going to still see, you know, fashions on the field and celebrities and, you know, because that's the audience they're catering to. But I do want to see a bit more analysis for the main races. So, for example, your Caulfield Guineas Day. Now, obviously, we're not going to get an analysis on every race. That's what racing.com's for. That's not going to appeal to a free-to-air audience. But I think this is a good opportunity to try and get a new audience to 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 like racing and follow racing, not just during the spring carnival, but after it. So I'd like to see more you know, trainer previews, you know, pre-race previews on horses. Try and teach people who aren't familiar with racing about the sport. And I think that's how you're going to get them interested in following it, you know, for years to come my two cents look no doubt channel 10 was uh, afflicted by covid by some bad weather and some other circumstances uh channel nine's a much better fit and uh the way that they've sort of done a deal with the tab so the streaming will, was dealt into the success or otherwise of the partnership from the get-go i think will help uh just just be- being able to track the numbers there which is obviously where a lot of uh, newer racing fans are going for their for their content boys we'll move along to the Week ahead, we've got some big group one racing in and uh, in, in big group racing around the country. The main race, of course, is the Australian Guineas. Uh, Phil, we might get you to tell us how you see that one playing out to get get us going. Yeah, well, we obviously saw the the two favourites for that um, the battle it out last week in Riff Rocket and King Colorado, which I know Big V is a big fan of. Um, we've also seen B eight run a couple times this prep as well, and it's sort of in the, the second or third line of betting. Look, I, I had a good look through this field. Um, we got a couple of other big favourites of big Vs down the back, like a Southport Tycoon and Snow Patrol who come through different form. But I sort of settled on V8. I reckon third up, um, you know, staying in its in its sex over 1600 and with a price of around $758, I'm pretty happy to, to play there. I think, obviously, Riff Rocket, that was an amazing return and, you know, um, certainly will be very competitive, if not um, the winner of the race as well. But I just like V8 at a little bit of value. I'm keeping an open mind on what I'll back. I think I'll just wait and see how the, the market's playing. You know, Riff Rocket at, at around the 280 price, you know, maybe even $3 plus, I think will be a good bet. Not the $2.20 that was around on Wednesday afternoon and he's eased out a little bit to 240, 250. So let's see where he, where it goes on race day. But if, he, if he's too short, then I'm probably going to 
you know, could entertain King Colorado or V8 at an E-Trade price. I mean, at, at those prices that, that Phil mentioned, you know, $7 to $8 for for both of them. You know, I think I just think that um, they look – I think they're E-Trade all day. V8 does map the best. So, look, I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind. I think I'm going to play around those three horses and we'll just see what the market does on the day. Okay, gents, we'll grab a quick tip from around the country and a reminder, we do have two group ones up in New South Wales as well. The surround stakes for the Phillies over uh, 1,400 metres and the very elegant stakes, uh, aptly named and, and well-timed, um, uh, previously known as the Chipping Norton. Phil, we might go to you first. Any any tips there and uh, and anything else you like? Yeah, well, I think in the in the very elegant, obviously, it'd be great to see if Fangirl can repeat what she was able to do first up. Similar field, so if she's anywhere as good as she was or better, you'd expect her to deal with that field in a similar way. Um, probably not a betting race at this point. She's sitting at about a dollar fifty-five, and it may be we don't get too much better than that on the day. Um, in terms of around the grounds and around the um, around the different uh, course on Saturday. I'm hoping Tin Tuki, who's a horse that's been racing up there in Sydney, he's coming down to Melbourne, um, race one um, at um, Flemington. Hoping to see how it goes in Melbourne. I think you're getting a pretty good price at this point in, in what will be a pretty even race. Um, so I wouldn't mind taking a look at it. Um, obviously interested to see how another will goes. Again, after its dominant win at Caulfield last start. Again, probably a bit like Fangirl, $1.65 current price. Not a really good betting proposition, but I'm certainly one I'd like to follow moving forward. And Big V, is, uh, where is the tissue running? I've seen it's it's uh, dual accepted. Uh, it loves Flemington, so it would be my top pick in the blame if it does decide to go that path over 1,600. But, yeah, it's a little hard to forecast when it's uh, accepted in about 15 different, uh, different races. Going to the Sydney Group 1s, uh, first off, the very elegant, with Fangirl, I just can't see anything beating her until they get to the Queen Elizabeth where she'll come up against Mr Brightside and some internationals. I think this is a race where you're looking at other horses where you know, other horses to follow for other races away from her like Buckaroo and Navarro Peak. And the surround stakes looks a very even race. It, from the light finger, learning to fly is the one to be with, but she's second up off a long break. You know, if you're going to be a little bit flat, you know, there's some fresh horses here, Tropical Squall and Zardozzi. I mean, you couldn't rule out Zardozzi, even though she's an Oaks winner. You know, fresh, you know, depends on, you know, what distance range they're targeting her this time round. And I thought the value in that race was Macarena, one length behind Cabalas, who was a strong rating winner. And that leads me to my best bet on the weekend, which is Cabalas at Flemington in the English Sprint. I think he's a great price around that 360, 370 mark. Final furlong time, gents. Uh, this one's spurred by uh, Phil and I making a trip to Caulfield for the Blue Diamond on Saturday, just gone. And that event was used uh, to promote heavily the appearance of two NBA players, Scotty Pippen and Horace Grant. And uh, one of the guys uh, who was with us, Phil, who's a keen listener of the show, he'll be listening tonight. Uh, he had that, that event particular event circled for weeks ahead in his calendar with his leaf pass lined up and everything just to get a glimpse of his favourite 90s NBA superstars. So with that in mind, I don't know whether we deem that a success or not, but I'd love to know each of your favourite historic celebrity cameo at the uh, at the races. Chris, we'll start with you. 
Well, admittedly, when the uh, the celebrities come on the TV, I, I switch channels, but I had to do some research and some thinking, but I, I, I was reminded of Paris Jackson in 2017, where she was, she was invited by Maya, you know, she refused to wear a dress that Maya wanted her to wear, and by the end of the day, you know, she was in, she was in the Maya marquee, and she started pulling faces to the photographers, she had her face up against you know, one of the windows in the marquee, and, you know, really did, um, you know, personify the, the wacko Jacko. But, but in her in her favour, she's she's an animal activist who likes horse racing, which is a very rare thing to see. Phil, we'll go to you. You just had a look of horror when uh, when Big V was halfway through that name, so I can only the mind boggles where you might be going with this. Well, it wasn't a look of horror, but I, I was surprised Big V would run the same line as I was going to run because uh, my 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 thoughts went immediately to a different Paris, and that was Paris Hilton when she. Uh, I think rocked the spring carnival. I can't remember the year. It feels a good 15 years ago now, but she was probably at about the height of her popularity at that point. A little bit of a, the simple life was probably booming around that period. And um, not only did she increase her fame in Australia, she may have increased the fame of a uh, certain Australian idol uh, uh, contestant as well, Mr. Millsy, who's gone on to bigger and better things since that particular occasion. Oh, these these are priceless memories. Uh, well done, boys. Uh, yeah, so there's there are a few. I'll throw in a couple just for, for shits and giggles. We had uh, Usain Bolt come out one year, and there's been an ever, ever endless stream of uh, actresses who have appeared at the racetrack over the years. But boys, that's it for this week. Big edit to come. Uh, we'll be uh, getting into the meet and meet of the carnival next week. But for this week, it's uh, it's Australian Guineas time. Phil, how do we sign off? As always, good luck on the punt and gamble responsibly.